0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Dan,
1: how are you? Doing good, buddy. It's uh this is a great time of year where uh the weekend is gonna be even better with March Madness. I'm looking forward to it.
0: So lately I've been uh I've been starting the pods off with just like random conversation. Curious? What's
1: your opinion on slap boxing? Oh my god, um, I don't like it. It's just it's it's just awkward for me. Um, I know Dana White started a league, and uh, you know I'm a yeah. big UFC fan and everything like that. I yeah, don't mind. Fucking, I don't mind watching people beat the piss out of each other with fists, knees, legs, and elbows. But when it comes to slapping people, I just think it's dumb. I don't know. <coughs>
0: Yeah, my, my biggest problem with it when I first watched it, so when it comes to boxing, let's say we touch gloves, and at that point, we're on an equal playing field. You may be a better boxer than me, but we both have an equal opportunity to quote-unquote win the fight. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah.
0: Um, two people are locked in the octagon. You touch gloves. Yeah, there might be a more skilled fighter, but for the most part, both people have the opportunity to do the same thing. My problem with slap boxing, essentially, is, like, you, you walk up to this podium, you flip a coin, and you pray to God that you get the coin toss. Otherwise, it's like, you might get KO'd before you even yeah. to throw a slap. you yeah. are watching some of these one-hitters, dude, and it's like, I watched one that went back and forth for, like, two or three times. But for the most part, it seems like some of these slots are literally one-hit KO, dude. I'm like, geez louise.
1: But yeah, it's, it's just, <laughs> it just gives me cringe vibes and uh, I, I can live without it. It's just, it's just weird. I, I only bring it up. I've been listening to
0: a lot of Busting with the Boys lately and they just recently were basically like behind the scenes with uh, Dana White and Vegas. And yeah. I've obviously seen a bunch of clips because it's been pretty popular, but I was just like, I wonder what his opinion is. I know you're a combat sport guy, but yeah. Oh. Uh, let's talk a little hockey to start off. So. Michigan Hockey started the Big Ten Tournament, and they beat Wisconsin Wisconsin, 2-0, so it didn't even get to a third game. Their second round, they play Ohio State, and they yep. came out and scored a goal in the first, like, 16 seconds and then proceeded to score three more in the first period, ended up winning 7-3, <clears seven throat> kind of a beatdown, different from what we've seen um, when we were at the outdoor game in Cleveland. Opinions on the first two rounds and what you've seen from
1: Michigan hockey thus far. Yeah, the um, the Wisconsin game, they face a lot more adversity than they did against Ohio State. Uh, Wisconsin kept it close. I went to game two of the Wisconsin series on, on the Saturday where they closed it out. And, you know, uh, Wisconsin had it neck and neck. And, you know, Michigan scored late and uh, pulled away at the end there. And uh, it was great atmosphere. A lot of people really did playoff atmosphere in hockey. And uh, that was that was honestly my first playoff game at, at Yost, so uh, the experience was great, electric, electric feeling. And then <clears throat> they go ahead and uh, they drum up, Ohio State seven to three, which man, I wish I could have been there. Uh, it looked it looked amazing to you know to see, and uh, you know the, the big factor of why you know uh, it went the way it did in Cleveland and in Columbus the Thursday before was you know no Luke Hughes, and so having Luke Hughes back, essentially their best player outside of Billy and um, it really, it really made a difference, and you know nothing's better in this world than beating Ohio State. Literally anything. I mean, if it was Checker National Championship style, I'd be down for it. So yeah, they came out guns blazing. It was great to see. Yeah,
0: you know I've probably watched, uh, five total games this year, maybe. Yeah. Um, and three of them are against Ohio State, weirdly <laughs> enough. So, um, you know, I just, I totally get up for that stuff. Just what, you know. Like you said, if if it was swimming, I would watch Michigan compete against Ohio State. Um. So this weekend, I believe it's Saturday. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. They have uh, Minnesota at Minnesota. Yes. <laughs> on that one? What is the season series at this point?
1: So so far th- in this season, Michigan is uh, leading three to one. Actually, uh, back in. I believe it was October, November. It might have been around Halloween. Uh, Minnesota and Michigan played at Yost for uh, a Friday-Saturday series, and Minnesota scraped them both games. And then uh, Michigan and Mich- Minnesota went to uh, Minneapolis in December, and uh, they split uh, – I believe they split – yeah, Um. Let's see. What was it? They split two o- overtime games. And so um obviously that was uh that was a huge deal, and Minnesota's been pretty much cruising in the number one spot since then. And um, so yeah, this game is absolutely huge. Michigan this is actually a repeat last year. They they faced off at uh Minnesota's house uh last year for the Big Ten Championship and uh, Michigan won four to three. So uh th- these guys are really it's gonna be an intense game. And uh real quick, the all first team uh came out for the, the, the conference this year and three three Mich uh, Three Minnesota players are on it, and two Michigan players are on it. So it just goes to show you that these are literally, you know, one A one B of the of the league. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you
0: think this one goes down?
1: Uh, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat, man. I think Michigan. Uh, they got some momentum. They got everyone back. Essentially, they're fully healthy, and I, I think it's. I think it's definitely doable. Um, it's. It's probably. I have a feeling it's going to be. You know, pretty high scoring, and as long as Michigan stays off, um, stay you know they they stay out of the penalty box, they stay they don't uh, any you know they don't get nicked up with those, uh, those five minute majors, get themselves in trouble. I think they'll be okay. Um, but yeah, I think Michigan win this one, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be like five, four, six, five. It's going to be high scoring. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So
0: last time we spoke on here, Michigan needed basically to get two wins uh, out of their next two games slash the Big Ten tournament. Uh, They went 0 for 3. They lost on the road at Illinois. They lost on the road at Indiana to close out the year. Both Both were overtime games. And then they lost in the Big Ten tournament to Rutgers. So... Unfortunately, the team, uh, yeah, I mean, they finished, I think, 17 and 15, I think was their final record. Maybe it was 17 and 16. You know, it hasn't been exactly the year that we kind of anticipated, but with all that said, they didn't get an invite into the NCAA tournament, which we didn't kind of really expect them to once they dropped a couple of the, all three of those games. They got into the NIT before we talk about the NIT talk about kind of what you think about the late season collapse not being able to get one win let alone two not being the typical Michigan team that we usually are looking forward to once March starts
1: yeah it was you really thought they were going to get it together after they won on the road at Rutgers and they you know won in overtime against Wisconsin so there was some hope there and it was, It's very odd because these three games where they lost by a total of 18 points, uh, it was single, single losses against Illinois and um, uh, Indiana, it was by 12 against Rutgers. And that was all with Jet Howard in the lineup. And without Jet Howard, they win those three games. They went on the road at Rutgers, they win that overtime game against Wisconsin, and then you just beat Toledo without him. So I don't know what it is. It's just. Um, you know we've talked about it. You know, the just the defense isn't great. their they're, they're cold spells really uh, derive a lot off of the turnovers. You know, they just snowball affect the turnovers. and you know that was a good thing with John Bi teams rarely turn the ball over. and you know now they're in the double figures every game. Um, it's uh, it definitely definitely hurts to see this team in the MIT. I mean they beat Toledo and they needed a lot of help from their best talk about in a second but yeah these uh the, the down mill when you're right there at the very end and and uh, come up short definitely stay.
0: yeah so obviously they, they get invited to the nit and just in typical michigan basketball season form this year they were announced as a two seed it was then changed to a three seed uh they had to play toledo toledo dominated the mac this year They went 27-7. and They lost the championship game, so they didn't get the tournament invite, unfortunately. Kent State did. So we were kind of getting an angry, hot Toledo Rocket team, and they came out in the first half, punched us in the mouth, and I really thought to myself, how embarrassing. We're in the NIT, and then we're going to lose in the first round of the NIT. Michigan ends up battling back, like you said, without Jet Howard. You know, I think I was... Jet had became one of my favorite Wolverines ever early this year. It just like I thought he was just a very like a player that had a ton of swag, kind of like could stroke it from anywhere. Um, That's the exhibition game to start the year. I think he had like thirty nine. He followed it up his first game. I think he had damn near twenty something. I mean, he just like there was that game where he started seven and eight from beyond the arc, like literally a player that just got. Super hot, kind of like Stauskas, Duncan Robinson, all those guys that could really stroke it. It's like the team couldn't put together the wins, and then as the season started to progress, he got hurt, and then they won despite him being out of the line. And it's just kind of like, did he sit out of the NIT game because he kind of looks at it like players sitting out of bowl games? You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of speculation that he probably could have went. Matter of fact, there's. A good amount of videos on Twitter of him taking half-court jump shots before the game. Jump shots. Yeah. branding up and down on that ankle, and it's like, two Um, It's kind of giving me a sour taste. I don't know what your opinion is on Jet before we look at Vanderbilt, but um, we took care of Toledo. I guess opinions on Toledo, opinions on Jed.
1: Well, uh, Jet Howard, honestly, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, because I think I briefly scrolled past on Twitter and I seen it. I didn't even think anything of it, of him doing the half part or anything. I didn't even put two and two together of, of him sitting out of the game, possibly of non injury, you know, you know, reasons that'd be kind of, be kind of, you know, unfortunate if that is the case, you know, especially with being the coach's son and kind of hard for me to believe that. But then when you see the video, so I don't know, precautionary, I don't know. It's very, very weird. Um, but, yeah, in Toledo, you know, J.T. shoemate and, and that Milner kid, they lit Michigan up. They had, you know, four guys going to double figures. And, you know, they were out. You know, and it took Joey Baker to hit three-pointers uh, to keep mission rolling. And if he doesn't hit those five three-pointers, then, you know, they – you know, who knows where they would have been at. They, they were only up by, like, four or five with 50-something seconds to go, and then they actually grew to 10. Um, you know, and it reminds me of – well, that reminds me, but I'm uh, just thinking about that Illinois game, I believe it was, is like the chance to win that game at the final shot or tied up at the final shot, and Joey Baker had a perfectly wide-open wide, wide open look, and he completely airballs it. But here, you know, saves the day. Um, you know, McDaniel had a decent night. He went 16-8. You know, Michigan out-rebounded Toledo 39 they had like 30-plus offensive rebounds. So, yeah, I, I, they crashed the boards. They, they did what they had to do, but, man, they got lit up on on off uh, on defense, and that's kind of the story of the situation of the turnovers. But um, uh, that's all I really got from the uh, game outside of that. Uh, yeah, I'm good, man. Um, because Yale
0: lost to Vanderbilt, Michigan's going to go on the road at Vanderbilt this Saturday. <clears throat> uh, I think I brought this up to you last time we potted I'm going to bring it up again. Do you think Hunter Dickinson played his last game at Chrysler Center, or do you think do you think he's going to come back after
2: this season? I think
1: I think it depends on the supporting cast. I think if Kobe Bufkin and Jeff Howard come back, I think Hunter Dickinson comes back. I think if I think they got a potential, I think there's a potential possibility that they lose all three of their guys, or all three of them come back. And I think Joey Baker's done. I think this is reason one and done here on this transfer. I could be wrong. Uh, so,
0: so, Joey Baker, uh, they were just talking about this on the broadcast. Joey Baker is going to apply after the season, it sounds like, for one more season.
1: Did he have an injury?
0: No, his, uh, his freshman year, he played four games for a total of 18 minutes. Yeah. So, something about redshirt, COVID year, something along those lines, they're going to apply. And, it sounds like they would be shocked if he didn't get that opportunity, so he would probably be back.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I think I think it depends on Colby and Jet what they're doing on, uh, regarding uh, Big Hunter Dickinson.
0: I mean, I hate to be that guy, especially because like I felt like I was like Jet's biggest fan, and before the season when we were talking about like the expectations of this team, um, even like when we you know we're down at Little Caesars Arena. Early in the year, non-conference play, we're playing Eastern Michigan. And, you know, we had high hopes then. Like, obviously, Eastern Michigan gave us a scare. We thought it was only because Imani Bates is a dog. No, it turns out Michigan's just not very good. But um, I remember texting you. I said, if Jet Howard ends up being Michigan's best player or second best player, Michigan's going to be super scary. Mm -hmm. And I think there's an argument that Maybe he was their second-best player. I think Kobe Buffkin really turned on that role. Doug McDaniel, the later the season went on, it seemed like they got better. But there's just an argument to be made that when Jet Howard was in the lineup, we weren't very good. And maybe that's just a small sample size. Who knows? It's really hard to kind of tell. But um, I'd actually be okay if he left and Kobe and Hunter returned and um, they attacked the transfer portal because right now the recruiting class is not good. They have one top 100 kid coming in. Um, I forget his name, George Washington the third, right?
1: Something. Yeah, it's escaping yes. me. Yeah, I believe it's,
0: it's, I believe it's George Washington the third. But um, if Jed Howard does not play a single game during this NIT run, I'm I'm over it. I'm just like, okay, you can go.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a very forgettable season. So I mean, of course, I'd like to see these guys win the NIT. So yeah, yes. a little a little. Little coat hanger to hang your hat on, but other than that, yeah, um very, very, very odd situation there. And they're going up against a Vanderbilt team. This is going to be an interesting game because, you know, real quick, uh, Vanderbilt is coached by Jerry Stackhouse. Didn't know that until I started looking into this. Yeah. And they've beaten some really good teams in the tournament, like the real tournament. And the thing about this, the catch-22 is, or the plot twist is, their best player is going to be playing in this game, Liam. Leon Hobbins or something like that, the seven-foot center. Leon Robbins of this, and he's out with a leg injury. So the, the seven-foot center, that could have been a, a matchup nightmare for Hunter Dickinson, or at least a tougher matchup, rather. isn't is going to be playing. So there are two It's going to be guard-on-guard guard action. It's going to be interesting. Um, I have a
2: question. Yeah. I think I know the answer, and I'd probably
0: agree. Would you rather win the NIT or just get a shot in the tournament?
1: Be like a one and done? Yeah. I'd rather win the NIT.
2: Really? Yeah.
0: I don't necessarily disagree. I don't know that I agree or disagree. I I think I...
1: I guess it depends on who you play. But uh, under my head, there's just...
0: I watched that Toledo game the other night, and it didn't feel special at all. Winning the NIT tournament may feel pretty special. It, it remains to be seen. Um, but as of right now, like, I just know what my feelings would have been had that been the NCAA tournament. I just know from all these past years, just like Michigan gets in, just the it's a high energy. Uh, my emotions are running deep. I mean, it's just that I just haven't felt that in this NIT tournament. Um, I do want to point something out about the NIT, though, and I this is why I kind of agree with you. So, college basketball is a very unique sport. Um, Almost to the complete opposite of college football, and we've talked about this verbatim, uh, so college football doesn't really have Cinderella's. There's a lot of teams that end their season with a win because of bowl season. College basketball is a very unique sport. There's only two teams in the entire sport that end their season with a win, and that's the team that wins the NCAA tournament and the team that wins the NIT tournament because everybody plays in a conference championship and everybody has to be eliminated at some point. And then once you go to the next tournament, you would either win it or lose it. And it's really just the NCA champion and then the NIT champion. So Michigan can be one of two teams to end their season with a win. That means something. I mean, if they can roll off, I believe, would they have to go four and for what to win the NIT? They'd have to go four and O. Right.
1: Believe so, yeah, because it's not it's not it's not sixty four teams, yeah.
0: Yeah, so essentially, I mean, you're looking at a twenty one win season, which isn't great, but it sounds a hell of a lot. I mean, it would be like Michigan's, gosh, I want to say like fourth or fifth twenty win season in a row. So I mean, that's it's better than nothing, but um, yeah. Op- opinions on Vanderbilt? You think we knocked Vanderbilt uh, off on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it's, it it possibly look a lot like. The Toledo game, um, obviously, because like I mentioned a minute ago, the the, the seven footer is not there. Uh, Ty Tyron Lawrence and Ezra Manjin or Manjin or Manjon, hopefully I don't know how to say it, that kid's last name. Both of them are uh, once a junior, once a senior, and I believe the guards they rotate off the bench are junior and seniors as well. So Doug McDaniel is going to be facing guys that are a lot older than that. That's going to be watch. Uh, Vanderbilt is a seventy-one percent team in terms of free throw shooting. Uh, and yet they've got two wins over Kentucky, Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Auburn. Like I said, all in the tournament. And the another funny thing is, is they played Alabama this year. They lost 101 to 44. They only scored 15 points in the first half. They lost by like, 57 points. And but since that game, they're 11 and two. So they're kind of on a hot streak. So again, I think this is going to be like the Toledo game. I think high scoring, back and forth. And not a lot of defense getting played here. And, I mean, Hunter Dickinson, he might, he, he might drop 20 and 10, but that doesn't mean the game isn't going to be close. And so I think it's going to be extremely tight.
0: Anything else on basketball?
1: Man, I, I wish we were in the dance, but uh, alas, we are not. And uh, I'm ready to move on.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so... Fox
0: Sports dropped their way too early top 25. Uh, Michigan ranked above Ohio State. I want. I kind of want to talk about some of these notable teams and what your opinions are. Um, well, first off, Michigan being ranked above Ohio
1: State preseason. Thoughts there? I mean, got cheeks clapped by them two years in a row. I know it's one year is way different than the next, essentially. But, you know... I mean, Michigan's returning probably, I, I don't know 100%, but out of the whole Big Ten, I'm pretty sure Michigan is probably the most veteran team going into the year with everyone coming back and everything like that. So um, makes sense to me. Same quarterback. Ohio State doesn't have the same quarterback. Um, Michigan is returning two of the best, you know, probably the best running back duo in, all the, uh, in the whole country. Ohio State fans probably going to be riding with their boys, but I don't really care. People with the brain are going to ride with Michigan's Blake Corman, and Don Edwards.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, and then on our defense, I know we—I would we lose a couple of guys. We lose a couple of guys in the offensive line, but those are the positions that we reloaded at, especially in the transfer portal. So, makes sense to me.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think Michigan
1: today—and I
0: mean humble me if I'm if I'm mistaken here—I think they had the best quarterback in the conference.
1: Yeah. Is that terms- fair? Yeah, fair. I mean, I can't. I can't name one better. Yeah,
0: uh, they have the best coach in the conference, in my opinion, right now. Uh, they have the best offensive line in the conference. They have the best running back. Running back in the conference, and their next running back is arguably a top five running back in the conference. So they definitely have the best duo. And yeah, I just have to feel pretty good. I mean, the coaching staff's pretty much intact. I. There's nothing – and I said this back when uh, Michigan could potentially play Ohio State in the national championship game. I said there's nothing that Ohio State has done to close the gap. And I, as of right now, I still believe that. They've done nothing to close the gap. So time will tell. Uh, we'll, we'll go over these, and I'll let you you know, throw some opinions out. Georgia, one. Agree? Agreed. Yeah, I agree. Michigan, two, feels right. Ohio State, three. Personally, I think it's a little high. Um,
1: they're only four because of Caleb Williams. If the Caleb Williams was not at Southern Cal, I bet you they're in the late teens.
0: Are you talking about USC? Yeah. Yeah, but he is there. So four, I I almost feel like they need to be a slightly higher than four, but. Okay. uh, Just my opinion. So uh, this next one's intriguing and I have, I want to go a little deeper. Tennessee at five. I have a question. We've been doing this pod since 2020, okay? And I was a huge Joe Milton guy, unapologetic. Uh, I thought he was the savior.
2: Is there a chance...
0: Is there a chance that Michigan was just so bad it wasn't actually Joe Milton? Or, Or am I just speaking out of place with Joe Milton... And Tennessee's just a good football team, and he's
1: a he's a solid quarterback. Opinions on Joe Milton. You know what? It, it remains to be seen. I think a lot played into the Joe Milton project. A lot of it, too. That was 2020, right? Yeah. Michigan didn't find out they were playing any type of college football until late September, and with, you know, trying to keep politics out of this podcast, our governor, Michigan's governor, I mean, we, you live in Ohio, I live in Michigan, but my my governor was a little bit more strict on fall sports, winter sports. Even Michigan's president at the time, Marsh Listle, didn't didn't want anything to do with it and canceled Michigan hockey in 2020. Didn't let them play the game anymore. So with not a lot of practice time, not a lot of prep, I think that played into it. And also as a whole team, I just don't think they they had their ducks in a row. And so when you think that played a, a massive part, in, you know. I think with the SEC and the high flyers that go down there, I think that there's a potential that uh, he could probably be the next. We we have to see, but I mean, he's got a he's got a rifle, he's got a cannon, and you know, I I I I don't know if it's I don't know if it was Urban Meyer just kind of like doing his you know you know little fluff, but I mean, he was boosting you know, Joe Milton up to be next Cam Newton or whatever and on Fox and everything like that. And he's always been, you know, a big supporter of JJ uh, with his words and stuff like that. So, you know, maybe he actually believes that. maybe he does think that Joe Milton, and maybe that means that Joe Milton is actually, you know, worthy of the free.
0: Yeah, not to get political and just, I do want to circle back just for a second. You know, as many times as we've talked about that 2020 season, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody use that. And I don't want to say the word excuse, but I'm going to say excuse just because, for lack of a better term. Um, It is interesting. I almost wonder if Michigan just kind of wrote the fact off that they didn't think we were going to have a season, so maybe they didn't go balls to the wall. You know, there was no (laughs) spring practice. There was no really fall camp. So, yeah, maybe they just worked ill-prepared maybe that maybe that falls on Harbaugh. maybe that falls on the players but ultimately i think me you know aiden hutchinson getting hurt that year didn't help either maybe that just goes to show you you know maybe they just weren't prepared that season and some of that has to do with the fact that maybe they just didn't think we were gonna play but Mm. that's a conversation for another day bama at six lowest they've been this again this isn't a this isn't a this is Fox Sports' preseason, so none of this is Bible yet,
1: but this would be the lowest they've opened the season. Opinions of Bama at six. Makes sense to me. New quarterback. And I th- honest, real quick, I think Tennessee, Alabama, and this next team at number seven, Penn State, I think all three of these are interchangeable because they're all starting new quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, Penn State coming off the season that they did, I'm not going to shit on them like I have in the past. Um, This was honestly one of the better Penn State seasons I can remember in a long time. Unfortunately, Michigan and Ohio State were just better than them, and they almost beat Ohio State. So, I mean, they arguably were the second best team in the the Big Ten last year. They just came up short, but uh, yeah, Penn State, interesting at seven there. Uh, Number eight, Florida State kind of on the rise. They kind of had an up-and-down year last year. They opened up with LSU. Uh, They won that game, and they kind of had some spots where they were good, and the spots they were not so good, but uh Utah Clemson. So FSU Utah Clemson. Any arguments there? I, for me, Clemson, they take a step back until further notice. Now that they don't have the elite quarterback play of Watson and Lawrence in that, and without Brad Venables on defense, I just don't have a lot of faith in Clemson.
1: Right. Yeah. I I think I think Dabo Sweeney ran out of steam. I think he got the the Mac Brown from Texas Longhorns back in the day. I think he I think he's just it's run its course. Could be wrong. And we'll see.
0: Yeah. Uh, I feel like you were riding with this team off and on most of the year last year. Washington at
1: 11. Opinions of Washington Penix Jr. then. Yeah, Penix Jr. is coming back and I think he got banged up along the way. He did. I, I was kind of... I, I like what I see early on in the season and, you know, I thought they were... Uh, I thought they were a little more... They had more tenacity than they actually did, but they still had a good season. Like they were, they were bad. I mean, Oregon... You know, Bo Nix found his rhythm mid to late, and, you know, Oregon pushed their way past him, but I think Washington could be pretty good, I think right where they're at is fine. It took them a
0: minute to get off the ground, but they finished the season pretty strong. Notre Dame at 12. Uh, What do you think about that? Is that a pretty good spot?
1: I think so, and they're going to have, they got Sam Harmon from Wake Forest, so, you know, Notre Dame, I Feel like even with Brent Kelly on the on those on his back nine, they just uh, they weren't able to really land the quarterback situation down, you know. So yeah, I guess maybe once they get that taken care of, maybe they compete again.
0: TCU, Oregon, whiskey in that order. Um, TCU, I feel like is a little high. They're kind of just going off the fact that they were just in the national championship game. They lost a lot of pieces. Uh, Oregon at fifteen feels pretty good with Bo Nix returning. And Wisconsin at sixteen just feels weirdly high to me. Opinions.
1: And the reason why for that I think is Luke Fickle. They're expecting him to to keep the train running. And Brandon. And, and Tanner Motor, We talked about it a little bit last year. Tanner Mordecai from SMU coming over, so he can sling it. And a lot of optimism, I think, in uh, in Wisconsin because you know what are they always known for? Big Hoss offensive line, and they're going to run the ball forty times a game. Luke Fickle doesn't do that, so it remains to be seen. Are they going to air the ball out a little more? They got Brandon Allen coming back, so I don't. They're not going to be a tough. They're not going to be an easy out this year, and uh, you know they can just like Iowa, Wisconsin is boasting a defense uh, worthy of of uh, making life miserable. Sometimes uh, I can see it. Uh, whether they're at 25, twenty, twenty-five, doesn't bother me none.
0: Uh, these next three teams are kind of spread out.
1: All of them have
0: interesting names joining. You got Colorado at twenty, Deion Sanders coming in, prime time coming, the new coach bringing all his luggage with him. Uh, Twenty-two Iowa, Kate Cunningham, Eric all. That's interesting. It's kind of uh, Michigan's West team, if you will. And then twenty-four Texas. You have the quarterback battle between. Arch Manning and Quinn Ewers, which um, that's been reported, will go into camp. I mean, there's no clear-cut starter right now. Ewers has to defend the spot from Arch Manning. Opinions on those three?
1: I I just like the that that little meet there that in the middle Hardy uh, section of that top ten. I think these are all interchangeable as well. And it's funny, a lot of this top twenty-five are all a lot of these teams are dealing with quarterback problems or new quarterbacks rather. And uh, yeah, I. I'll ask you this regarding Iowa, now they're talking about K McMaren and Eric Hall, Are you at all are you at all rooting for Iowa? Or do you want to just see them lose every game?
2: I rooting for. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I find my I find myself wanting to root for them too, uh, because of those two guys. I just um I want them to do enough, but not um, not enough to get to the Big Ten Championship game because I don't want to play Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. I I, I don't know. Uh, I just feel a little awkward for me. So I hope they do well, but I hope they do too well. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Uh, ultimately, I think that I have
2: nothing but positive things to say about Cade McNamara.
0: So I'm rooting for him specifically. Mm -hmm. As far as Eric All goes, I didn't have anything negative to say. I wish his dad wasn't as um, negative towards the Michigan fan base on Twitter and the Michigan football team. But uh, ultimately, no, I think I I want those guys to succeed. Am I wanting them to win a Big Ten championship? No. Um, I'm not even sure if they play Ohio State this year. But if they do, for old time's sake, I would love to see them put it down on Ohio State. I think that would be great. Put it down mm-hmm. on Michigan State if they play them. Uh I think ultimately I'll be more times than not, I'll be rooting for Iowa to succeed. Uh I think that's where I fall. Now, as the season goes on, if I hear them chirping about Michigan, yeah, maybe I might change my tune. But mm-hmm. as of right now, I have no I got no ill will. Especially because like JJ has turned into the quarterback that I thought we would be over the last We'll save three games since since the second quarter of the Ohio State game.
1: JJ McCarthy's been the quarterback that we were promised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with, for for me the uh, the whole case situation is I, we talked about it over, you know, uh, a few months ago, whatever when he when when Kate announced that he was transferring and he was on uh, Carson Palmer's brothers podcast and Lord Palmer, yeah. Jordan Palmer was being kind of a douche and was, you know, calling JJ the other guy and creating like this weird tension. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kate gave everything that he had for Michigan. Mm-hmm. And so whether or not myself, some, I mean, at first I was kind of like turned off by it, but he was also turned off by some of the Michigan brass because he was booed off the field toward at the end of his at the end of his time there. Why? After going through such hate mail with Michigan, the Phantom, why should he? Why should he show? Does he have any reason to show any, you know, you know, um, happy thoughts on the way out? Should he, you know, any sympathy for for us? I don't. expect am to at all. I mean, he obviously had you know his qualms. His so yeah, uh, I I hope they I hope Iowa tears up Ohio State if they play him when they play him, and you know if and when they play Michigan State. So you know, good. good. Power tool. <clears throat>
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, any other football notes that you have
1: here? Yeah, so obviously we're in spring football, and so yes. nothing crazy is coming out until the spring game. You know, you'll see bits and pieces on Instagram, social media, stuff like that, uh, highlights. Um, real quick, uh, Nakai Hill Green, obviously he didn't play last year, was rumored to start getting some uh, action in the Hawaii game. That didn't happen uh, back in December. Uh, according to 24/7 Sports, Jesse Minner said, "quote He's just dealt with an unfortunate nagging thing." unquote. so we don't know. We thought it could possibly have been soft tissue, uh, something that you know they don't want to risk. I guess he's back practicing. So having, yeah,
0: I've, I've seen him in pads and stuff on social
1: media. It, it it sounds like he's going to be in there. So, right. So that that is 100 percent good news. And a couple things uh, regarding recruiting. I don't pay. I don't go, I don't get behind the A walls of the recruiting services like that, but I do follow and I read what I can. And so just a couple of th- news and notes here. Uh, Harry Stewart III, three star running back in uh, next year's class, 2024. Uh, and he just listed Michigan in his top three. He's got 14 offers, uh, which include Texas AM, Baylor, Missouri. Uh, Bryce Underwood, which is a five star quarterback out of uh, Belleville, Michigan, uh, he just had a really good. Uh, progress with Kirk Campbell, our new quarterback uh analyst. And so that's obviously good news. Um, uh, especially if the Jane Davis and uh the Dominic Rayola or dylan Rayola thing doesn't work out. You have a plan C. Hopefully not. You don't have to rely on that. Um next is Brian Robinson. He's a 2024 four star uh, ESPN's got him in the top 300 He's an edge from Ohio and um he just got I think he got offered by Michigan and he's got the the whole tweets going out or whatever, you know, you know boasting and, and praising the the Mason Blue. Uh, and then another another probably a bigger story right now is Brandon Hillman. He was a 2023 Notre Dame signee. He just released himself from the Irish. And uh, literally the minute it happened, Jim Harbaugh offered him a scholarship on this past Sunday. So that is something to look forward to. He was rated number one or excuse me, he was rated 137 overall this past year. And he was the number five athlete and the fourth player uh, ranked in the state of Virginia. So keep an eye on that. And obviously, you know, Michigan has been starting to become a little bit more intriguing to these recruits because I don't know why. But it's now real starting now, finally starting to catch on of of like the factory that Michigan is starting to produce with these uh, edge and pass rushers all the way from, you know, quitty Pay and Josh Uche, Cleek Hudson. And I mean, uh, I know Hudson was more of the viper different system but you know what i mean those guys in hudson obviously and so yeah
0: chase linovich
1: yep a lot of good news yeah david ajabo
2: yeah
0: well, yeah go all day for sure yeah. <clears throat> um yeah i mean i i had I did see that underwood the five star for ne- is it next year or 2025 you said 2025 yeah I did see that he was in Ann Arbor recently, you know, taking the photos everybody takes with the different jersey combinations. And it just reassures me that we better see a maze with blue pants, maze jersey blue pants sometime this season I'm going to riot. Because um, that look is fire. Uh-huh.
1: But,
0: um, anything else? Football.
1: Um, other than the news that you should drop. Yeah. So, we, we
0: I think we talked briefly last pod that we're going to do a mini series of the top Michigan games in the Jim Harbaugh era. We have more specifics now coming at you though. So Dan and I each gave our top, I think I gave 24 games and Dan gave 23. I took the averages of those games and shockingly we had 21 mutual, well we had 19 mutual games and then I took Dan's highest rated game that was not on my list and I took my highest-rated game that was not on Dan's list, and we created a top 21, 21 Desmond Howard, I thought that was kind of cool. So we'll do a top 21 series. We're going to be dropping X amount of games at a time. Um, We haven't finalized how many episodes will be in this series, but we feel pretty good that it's at least five episodes. And we have a bunch of honorable mentions that we'll be releasing as well. We're pretty excited about this. This will not just be a, hey, number 21 is this game number 20 no we're going in depth we're going behind the scenes kind of like a a recap do you remember this game from 2017 this game from 2016 this game from 2015 jim's first year this game from 2021 just recently 2022 we're going to say why we had this game in that spot we're going to kind of go through the stats the the storylines of the time Um, i'm very excited for this because we're going to take a time to actually deep dive a specific group of games, and it, when I brought this up to you, I remember your exact response. You're like, "This is totally in my realm. This is what I'm passionate about. I love doing the history of Michigan, and I'm hoping that as successful as this is, we can do more down the line. Whether that's Michigan basketball games, whether that's quarterbacks, running backs, Michigan players all time, maybe Michigan's most disappointing games." Like it just opens up a whole new realm to talk more
1: Michigan. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm really excited. It's March fifteenth right now, and yeah, uh, you know, we we're looking to start here in April, and yep. it. Um, I'm just I I already have everything. That we've already done our prep for the most part, and so now it's just really you know, you know, dangling the, the olive branch over ourselves and everyone else listening. So we're super excited about it. You don't want to miss it, and whether you know, maybe you're not a Michigan fan and you listen to this, whatever. I think it's just cool to, to travel back in time and kind of talk about, you know, uh, whether you were at the game personally and, and how it affected you and, and what, you, what you remember about it. And So, yeah, absolutely. That is something I, uh, I love doing. Yeah, as a kid, I grew up a, a
0: huge WWF, WWE guy. And there's podcasts for days on – people that were in the business at those times that will do deep dives on a pay-per-view from 1999. And it just kind of like the going back and reminiscing, listening to the behind the scenes stories and things like that. Even my wrestling fandom is not nearly what it was when I was a kid, but I can still like enjoy going back and like listening to those. Now, mind you, we're just going to do the games from Harbo's era, So they're not that long ago, but it is one of those things where it's like 2016, 2015, that's a long time ago at this point. I mean, a deep dive into one of those games, I'm pretty excited about. I, uh, there was a podcast I listened to back, I believe it was like 2018, where a couple of guys recapped the top, I believe it was, 10 New England Patriot games from like 2012. On. And I had a really good time listening to those because they were actually taking the time to talk about those games and what impact they had. Um, so I'm really excited to do this. I know you are too, and I think this is going to be a great series.
1: 100
0: percent
2: um anything else
1: well i get you know like i just said you know super I'm eager beaver over here trying to you know waiting for this to, to drop and i kind of teased you Corey and, and uh jamie that uh, you know i you know some of the folks are everyone here should that's listening now should know that you know, i do the hype video forever. whatever so yeah. i have I. I made like back in February and, and literally got this in the hopper and I'm, I can't release it now. Cause it's just so far away from the season. So I'm like, I just, I can't wait to, to show this out. And so yeah, other than that, man, yeah, I'm good. And you know, I know we got a big weekend coming up. I'll be in downtown Ann Arbor watching, uh, watching the big 10 championship hockey game and March madness. My cousin's coming back. Um, who graduated from, from U of M and we're going to have a diaper party for him. So super, I mean, I'm thirty. I'm gonna be thirty-four here in June. I love feeling like a college kid and hanging out in downtown Ann Arbor at the college bars. uh, It makes me feel 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 good inside.
0: Yeah, every time I get a chance to be back in Ann Arbor, it's always a good time. Um, As of right now, unless something changes, I'll be at the spring game April first, three thirty. Super excited for that. And uh, yeah, you know, hopefully Michigan basketball can make its run through the NIT and. That gives us some pod material, but otherwise, uh, super excited for this Michigan series. So, with that, we will leave you alone. Um, thanks for listening. Anything else? Go Blue. Go Blue. We out. we talk.